Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. The year was 1971. In the United States, we were involved in the Vietnam War at this time. And we found out some interesting things about the soldiers that we had over there that were fighting for us. And what we found was that 20% of the folks that we had over there were considered addicts. They were addicted to a drug. We found that 35% of those soldiers over there had tried this drug. So 35% had tried the drug. 20% were addicted to the drug. The drug, you might be wondering, heroin. Now, interesting, as we charted these soldiers and they came home, what we found was when these soldiers, when they got home, that like 5% of those addicted, so we had 20% addicted to heroin and in Vietnam, when they came home, only 5% of them became state addicted and only 12% of them became re-addicted within three years. And then I'm going to throw out one other statistic that we have, and that's this. When it comes to heroin addiction, we find that when treated in the United States in a rehabilitation facility, that 90% of heroin users and addicts relapse, become re-addicted when they leave the rehabilitation facility and return home. Now, what is the difference here? Well, first, before I do that, let's talk about this. What do we know about heroin? What have we learned about heroin? And a lot of us don't know a lot about it. Neither do I. But I know one thing. I know that it is publicized, dramatized as a highly addictive substance that once you get addicted to is very hard to come off of. I know that. They talk about that a lot. And Quite frankly, they probably use this statistic. Listen, 90% of these people, when they go into these facilities and then they leave and they go back home, they become re-addicted. The problem is, wait a minute, but what, what, how does, what I just told us about Vietnam, how does that stack up? Because we had 20% out there in Vietnam, they come home and we go down to 5%. How does that, that means that the addiction is not as powerful as we think it is. Well, folks, because there's something else at play here. What was the difference? I tried to emphasize it, but in case I didn't emphasize it, here it comes. The soldiers were in Vietnam. They were in a foreign country. They were in a country where heroin was highly, uh, it, it was everywhere. It was easy to find. They were surrounded by a bunch of addicts and, and fellow soldiers that were their friends that they spent a lot of time with that were doing this. 
the environment itself, they're, they're in a war. Jeez, they're, they're fighting in Vietnam, a highly stressful situation. The environment that they were in was conducive. It actually encouraged these soldiers to either try it, which 35% of them did, and to possibly continue with their use, which 20% of them did to the point of addiction. We look at rehabilitation facilities and we look at that statistic. What's common there? Well, I live in a certain place and I'm an addict. And then I seek out help, which is awesome, by the way. I seek out help and I go to a facility. Sometimes I leave my, the place where I live and I go very far away. A lot of times these rehabilitation facilities are in the middle of nowhere. They lock you down. They close you off from the outside world and they they work well they work because they change your environment don't they you're not around your same friends you're not around the same environment you don't have access to the substance in this case heroin but then you check out you're clean and then you return back to your old hood you get around your same friends And you know where you used to go to get the stuff. And maybe you don't want to get your hands on the stuff, but you got a job and now maybe your job, you drive by that location. And all of a sudden, a lot of these cues within your environment begin to speak to you. Because they say, once an addict, always an addict. And so your environment is working against you, even though you may not have the craving, you may not have the want or the desire to engage in this type of behavior anymore. So now stepping off of drug addiction, because a lot of you listening to this probably aren't addicted to drugs, but we can use that example to think about where we currently are, and we all are seeking behavior change in some way, shape, or form. There's at least one thing about us that we would like to change, a habit that we have, something that we do, a way that we think, that we're just kind of like, you know, I would, I would really like it. I would be satisfied if that particular thing went away or if it got better and I did more of it or whatever that happens to be. So when you think about that particular thing or things, begin to think about it differently because it's not necessarily your willpower that is sabotaging your progress in this particular area. Think about your environment. Think about the cues that lead to this behavior that you want gone or the cues that lead to the behavior that you want more of and think about how you can manipulate that. Because although we want to believe, although our culture tells us there's 
you know, buzzwords like grit and determination and motivation and all of these things and the videos that we watch, the person's working out in the gym and they're just going so hard and they sweat and they get home tired and man, they they just got it going on. Let me tell you something, as a person who, you know, exercises daily and I like to believe that I compete at a high level within my sport of cycling, I'm going to tell you something. What we find is that in successful people, it's not necessarily that they are more motivated, that they have more grit, that they are more determined, that they just good old fashioned want it more. It is some of that, but the vast majority of it is the fact that they set up their environment to help them not need that grit, that motivation, that determination as much as other people that are not as successful. Now, I'm recording this upstairs in my bedroom, but I'm going to tell you right now, when I go downstairs into my living room. I currently have my bike set up on my trainer. I can see it when I go in the living room. When I was reading this morning and doing my meditation and stuff like that, I can see my bicycle. Now, why? Because I, when I take a glance at it, I just want to be reminded, Mario, you're going to be on that thing today. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to ride for a couple hours on it today. That's what I'm going to do. And I've got my strength work equipment purposefully in my living room, right next to my television. Why? Because when I look at it, I'm reminded. I'm, I'm in my bedroom right now and I'm looking at my foam roller. Why? Because I want to see my foam roller. I'm not going to tuck it away into some corner. I have it in a very obvious spot for a reason. When I come up here before I go to bed, I need to roll my legs out with my foam roller. So it's not that, you know, successful people have more grit, willpower, they're more motivated. It's that the way that they structure their environment is conducive to them being able to execute the habits and the actions that go along with getting them closer to achieving whatever it is that they want to achieve. And then all of a sudden what we get is the example I presented where a substance that seems to be highly addictive like heroin can seem a lot less addictive if given the right context and the right environment to to squash and get rid of that particular addiction. But here's the last thing that I want to end with, and we've got to be careful with this because you never fully graduate from whatever thing it is that you feel that you conquered. That's the dangerous part about all of this. That's where the person that has maybe indulged a little bit too much in alcohol, that, that's where they become, you know, they get in trouble and they find themselves at a bar or the person that, you know, used to be, uh, you know, maybe overweight and have some bad eating habits. Like that's where they find themselves back to eating the things that they used to eat and beginning to put on the weight is we can't think to ourselves that once we set up our environment that we're not going to struggle with those things anymore. Because the fact of the matter is is that we have carved out certain neurological pathways that although we can kind of cover them up with some dirt and we can bury them, 
their, their, their inroads are still there if we dig deep enough. And you can, you can cover them up with a whole bunch of dirt and get them way beneath the surface. But if you start looking for them, you're going to notice that they're there. The example that I like to use is wiping your, you know, just wipe out the hard drive. Just get everything off of my computer. Just, you know, re, you know, get it back to its factory settings. Well, you know, anybody that knows about computers knows that that's not possible. There's always going to be some remnants of some things that were there that were quote unquote erased, but, but there's still a little bit of it there. And if you get somebody that knows what they're doing, they can still dig that stuff up. If they know enough about computers, they can still find where those things are. I mean, if you've ever taken a pencil and paper test and you know, you marked an answer and then you went back and you erased it. I mean, you could have had a really, really clean eraser, but I mean, if you look close enough, you can still see where that pencil mark originally was for that answer that you chose before you chose the other one. So that being said, I will end with that. We want to set up our environment, not necessarily so that those instances do not occur anymore. Every once in a while, the diet is going to take a hit. Every once in a while, we may miss a workout. Every once in a while, we may not write on that particular day if we've had that habit of writing every single day. Like every once in a while, we're actually going to um, trump our, our, our environment and we're actually going to not maybe necessarily do those particular things. But here's what we're looking for. And y'all know, I say this over and over on this podcast. What we're looking for is consistency. What we're looking for is that on the whole, we're consistent. Yes, I missed the workout. Yes, I, I you know, I didn't choose, you know, my, my foods wisely today or for that particular meal. But over the last three weeks, I have. And yeah, I missed a workout or I didn't, I didn't complete a workout successfully. But man, over the last two months, I've, I've been on it. I've been consistent. That's what we're looking for is the consistency over time, which breeds success. And that can't be sabotaged. You can't sabotage somebody who's consistent. Their performance will improve if you give it time and if you're patient. So don't beat yourself up. If you work on your environment, I give you guys some homework. Think about your environment. Think about the way your home is laid out. Think about the way that your office spaces are laid out. Think about, you know, the, the drive you take to work could be massively important in the context of your environment and some things you're looking to do. I mean, think about everything that you come in contact with from waking moment to putting your head on your pillow at night. Think about how all of that stuff is designed because ultimately folks, hey, we've designed it, haven't we? I mean, nobody came in and set my house up for me, right? I've purposefully set my house up a certain way. I've purposefully put things inside my car and, 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 and you know, decorate my car a certain way. My office space that I have here at my house to work, like I've decorated that. I've, I've furnished that a certain way. So we are the architects of our environment. So go around, run through it with a fine tooth comb and find out, is my environment working for me or is it working against me? All right, y'all. That's what I got for you. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do hope you guys are getting things out of these episodes. I do hope that, you know, my goal is to get us to just have some good conversation. 
with others or just internally with yourself and, and to, to ask some good questions of ourselves and to see how we can better align our mindset with folks that are successful, folks that I read about and, and material that I take in, uh, that I can get out to you guys, just common trends that I find in people that are successful. And that being said, I've got some great interviews that I was able to do this past week, and so I am in the process of cleaning those up and editing those to get those out to you, and I'm going to have you know some interviews coming up here in the next few weeks, month, month and a half or so that I'll release slowly over time that will definitely give you a better picture of what some of these folks are doing in the ways that they think that are, guys, the best part about it is they're totally within our realm to do ourselves which is great because we can all achieve great things and I have a tremendous belief in that and a tremendous belief in you. All right, folks, that's what I've got for today. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Till next time.